up a parking lot With a pink hotel, a boutique and a swinging hot spot Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you've got till it's gone They paid paradise, put up a parking lot Charge the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They pay for it, eyes, put up a parking lot. Hey, farmer, farmer, put away the DDT now. Give me spots on my apples, or leave me the birds and the bees. That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Late last night, I heard the screen door slam. And a big yellow taxi took away my old man. Don't it always seem to go? That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. You pay paradise, put up a parking lot. I said, don't it always seem to go? That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. God bless the grass that grows through the crack They roll the concrete over it to try and keep it back The concrete gets tired of what it has to do It breaks and it buckles and the grass grows through God bless the grass God bless the truth that fights toward the sun They roll the lies over it and think that it is done It moves through the ground and reaches for the air And after a while it is growing everywhere God bless the grass that grows through cement It's green and it's tender and it's easily bent But after a while it lifts up its head For the grass is living and the stone is dead And God bless the grass bless the grass that's gentle and low Its roots they are deep and its will is to grow And God bless the truth the friend of the poor and the wild grass growing at the poor man's door And God bless the grass
that fly away Could you see her flying straight through space and time Leaving all humankind behind If she could fly away If she could fly away So far away If the earth could run away Could you see her gathering All the trees and plants All the animals All the birds and fowl Every creeping thing They have never been her foe Never harmed her blessed soul If she could run away If she could run away Then she'd be running for life Or she'd be running for life Running for a blessed life Or she'd be running for life Or she'd be running for life Running for a blessed life If the earth could up and walk away Could you see her calling home All the oceans and the seas All the rivers and the streams All the whales and fish Every reptile that exists They have never been her foe Never harmed her blessed soul If she could walk away If she could walk away So She'd be running for life Oh, she'd be running for life Running for a blessed life Oh, she'd be running for life Oh, she'd be running for life Running for a blessed life If the earth could crawl away Could you see her moving on With a body with a down She'd be struggling to be free Free from cruel humanity If she could fall away If she could get away She'd be struggling for life Oh, she'd be struggling for life Struggling for the last life Oh, she'd be running for life Oh, she'd be running for life Running for the last life Oh, she'd be running Running, 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 running
Thank you, Tom and Valerie. That was beautiful. Uh, good morning. My name is Jenny Afkinich, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am a member of your board of trustees, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia today. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their lands that we in Columbia reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty Minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation also goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers whose incredible efforts and dedication help to keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whomever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining worship this morning. We encourage you to fill out the visitors form in the lobby or online and connect with others after the service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those of you attending worship in our sanctuary at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phones and other electronic devices. We have three quick announcements today. There will be no virtual social hour this morning after the service. We hope to see you at 4 p.m. today for our monthly Black Lives Matter vigil in Columbia. Join us to give public witness to the problem of anti-Black racism in our neighborhood, nation, and world and to show that all lives will matter when Black Lives Matter. Feel free to bring your own signs if you have them. The Board of Trustees will have our regular monthly meeting this Tuesday at 6.30 on Zoom. A big focus will be the upcoming fiscal year 2022-2023 budget. In addition, we will consider the ENDS monitoring report that was presented in April and also evaluate our own work as a board during this last fiscal year. The agenda and materials are posted on UUCC's website. Please join us. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Good morning, everyone. My name is Colette Gelwicks. I use she, her pronouns. I am honored to be serving as one of your worship associates this morning. This morning's service is about exploring how women and girls, while the most adversely affected by climate change, are also at the forefront of finding solutions. There were many, many people involved in making today's service happen. Uh, the Women and Girls Advocacy Climate Crisis Team, the All We Can Save Book Circle, they both worked together to create the service, along with the help of many others, including Tom Monroe, Valerie Hsu, Robin Slaw, Ashley Brizzo, Hannah Nelson, Sarah Davis, Albert Holm, and the tech team. Thank you, everyone. So we have a few housekeeping notes to begin. First of all, for those of you in the sanctuary, if you do need a hearing assist device, they are in the back with the tech team. You can also find the order of service online using the link that may show up here. I'm not sure if it is or not, but we don't have the, the paper order of services anymore for everyone, but there are a few copies in the back. And finally, later in the service, there we go. Thank you, thanks tech team. <laughs> Uh, later in the service, we are honoring joys and sorrows. So if you have something that you would like to share with the community, feel free to either write it in the back in the book, or you can email it to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. And now I'd like to invite everyone at home and here in the sanctuary to take a deep breath, ground yourself and settle in as we hear the ringing of the bell calling us into worship.
Good morning, I'm Robin Hesse, she, her, hers. I'd like to read a poem by Alice Walker called Calling All Grandmothers. We have to live differently or we will die in the same old ways. Therefore, I call on all grandmothers everywhere on the planet to rise and take your place in the leadership of the world. Come out of the kitchen, out of the fields, out of the beauty parlors, out of the television. Step forward and assume the role for which you were created to lead humanity to health, happiness, and sanity. I call on all grandmothers of earth and every person who possesses the grandmother spirit of respect for life and protection of the young to rise and lead. The life of our species depends on it. My name is Dorothy Hutchins. I guess I'm wrong. My pronouns are she and her. Ace and Helena, would you come forward to light the chalice? Hail, Mother, who art the earth, hallowed be thy soil, rocks, and flora that nourish and support all life. Blessed be thy wind that gives us breath and thy waters that quench, bathe, and refresh all living things. Holy Earth, as one, we praise your majesty, grace, and wonder. Good morning. My name is Ashley Brizzo, she, her. Will you all please rise in body or spirit? We're going to first join in voice, speaking together our congregational covenant, and then as we greet each other. First, I invite you to speak these words of promise that we make to each other. Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, nurturing each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. In that spirit, we'll spend a few moments greeting each other. Please enter these interactions with gentleness and respect as we ask permission for personal touch. And welcome, everyone. Sorry, Mr. Ace. Sorry about that, Ace. They will help you um, get ready to play a part. 
So I'm telling a story that's adapted from oral tradition from the Iroquois people, as written by Robin Wall Kimmerer in her book, Braiding Sweetgrass. And this story, I'm telling it because it's a way of demonstrating the importance of story to all of us and how the stories that we hear and absorb as children and as adults guide our worldview. Ms. Kimmerer writes about two origin stories, Sky Woman and Eve. So I'm gonna quote from her, from her book. On one side of the world were people whose relationship with the living world was shaped by Sky Woman, who created a garden for the well-being of all. On the other side was another woman with a garden and a tree, but for tasting its fruit, she was banished from the garden and the gates clanged shut behind her. That mother of men was made to wander in the wilderness and earn her bread by the sweat of her brow, not by filling her mouth with the sweet, juicy fruits that bend the branches low. In order to eat, she was instructed to subdue the wilderness into which she was cast. So, same species, same earth, different stories. Like creation stories everywhere, cosmologies are a source of identity and orientation to the world, and they tell us who we are. We are inevitably shaped by them, no matter how distant they may feel from our consciousness. One story leads to the generous embrace of the world, the living world, and the other leads to banishment. One woman is our ancestral gardener, the other an exile just passing through an alien world on a rough road to her real home in heaven. So let's listen to the story. Sky Woman fell from the sky like a maple seed, pirouetting on an autumn breeze. A column of light streamed from a hole in the sky world, marking her path where only a darkness had been before. It took her a long time to fall. In fear or maybe hope, she clutched a bundle tightly in her hand. She saw only dark water below, but the animals had many eyes gazing up at her. They saw that mere dust moat in the beam, and as it grew closer, they could see it was a woman, arms outstretched, long hair billowing behind as she spiraled toward them. The geese nodded at one another and flew up to Sky Woman. She felt the beat of their wings, as they flew beneath her to break her fall. Come up, come up, come up, come up, come up so everybody can see. There you go. Far from the only home she'd ever known, she caught her breath at the warm embrace of soft feathers as they gently carried her downward. And so it began. The turtle, the animals together, all the animals, called a council to try to decide what to do. Resting on the geese's wings, she saw them all gather, loons and otters, swans, beavers, fish of all kinds, 
What is this one? Red panda. A what? Red, panda. Red pandas. Mice, cats, tigers, they were all there. Um, well, this is true. Cats and tigers are the same thing. You're correct about that. Gratefully, she watched a great turtle swim into the middle and offer his back for her to rest upon. Yeah, you guys have to come up. Come up so everybody can see. There you go. Gratefully, she stepped from the goose wings onto the dome of his shell, and the others understood that she needed land for her home, they might help her. So the deep divers among them had heard of some mud at the bottom of the water and agreed to go find some. So the loon dove first. Somebody want to be the loon? The loon tried to swim and swim and swim, but he couldn't find the mud, and so he surfaced with nothing to show for his efforts. And one by one, all the other animals tried to swim to the bottom of the water. Otter and beaver and sturgeon, but the depth, the darkness, and the pressures were too great for even the strongest of swimmers. They returned, gasping for air with their heads ringing, and some did not return at all. Soon, only little muskrat was left. Let's see, who can be muskrat? Helena, maybe you could be muskrat? Okay. Muskrat was the weakest diver of all, and he volunteered to go while the others looked on doubtfully. His small legs flailed as he worked his way downward, and he was gone a very long time. And they waited and waited and waited for Muskrat to return, fearing the worst for their relative. And before long, a stream of bubbles rose with the small, limp body of the Muskrat. He had given his life to aid this helpless human, but then the others noticed that his paw was tightly clenched, and when they opened it, there was a small handful of mud. Can you hold up the mud? Muskrat? Mud. Turtle said, here, put it on my back, and I will hold it. Sky Woman bent and spread the mud with her hands across the shell of the turtle. And this extraordinary gift from the animals caused her to sing in thanksgiving, and she began to dance, and her feet caressed the earth, and the land grew and grew and grew. The dab of mud on Turtle's back became the whole earth, not by Sky Woman alone, but from the alchemy of all the animals' gifts coupled with her deep gratitude. And together they formed what we know today as Turtle Island, our home. And like any good guest, Sky Woman had not come empty-handed. The bundle was still clutched in her hand, and when she toppled from the hole in the sky world, she had reached out to grab onto the tree of life that grew there, and in her grasp were branches, fruits, and seeds of all kinds of plants. And these she scattered on the new ground and carefully tended until each one turned from brown to green. 
and sunlight streamed through the hole in the sky world, allowing the seeds to flourish and wild grasses, flowers, trees, and medicines spread everywhere. And now the animals too had plenty to eat. Many came to live with her on Turtle Island. So Robin Wall Kimmerer continues as she describes how original people use stories like the Sky Woman story as a compass to provide an orientation, an ethical, respectful relationship with the earth. The original people learn from their wiser siblings, the plants and animals of Turtle Island. The legacy of Eve's exile from Eden leads to a broken relationship with the land, a hierarchy with humans on top. And Kimmerer warns us to imagine that when Sky Woman scattered her handful of seeds across Turtle Island, she was sowing sustenance for the body, but also for the mind, emotion, and spirit. She was leaving us teachers, the plants, can tell us her story. We need to listen. So will you all please join me in singing our children out to religious education. We're singing Go Now in Peace. Go now in Good morning. My name is Gail Holm. My pronouns are she and her. Women and girls, climate change. What's the connection? May we please have the video?
authorities now say that the death toll could be as high as 40,000 people. rise as you're willing and able for our opening hymn. that was beautiful. Good morning. My name is Andrea David, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. As Colette mentioned, uh, since January, a group of us from UUCC have been meeting twice a month to discuss a fantastic book called All We Can Save, Truth, Courage, and Solutions for the Climate Crisis. It is a collection of essays and poetry edited by Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson and Dr. Catherine Wilkinson. 
The collection sets out to highlight a wide range of women's voices in the environmental movement. The following reading is an excerpt from the introduction. Leading now and in the future. All around the world, women and girls are making enormous contributions to climate action, conducting research, cultivating solutions, creating campaign strategy, curating art exhibitions, crafting policy, composing literary works, charging forth in collective action, and more. Look around and you will see on the rise climate leadership that is more characteristically feminine and more faithfully feminist, rooted in compassion, connection, creativity, and collaboration. Here is a short video that further highlights this. Earth, our only home. Invaluable, but not invulnerable. Are we too late to save it? Climate change is making our world more dangerous, more fragile, more unequal. In these uncertain times, women and girls face a disproportionate threat of displacement, poverty, and violence. But women and girls are also a powerful force in climate action. As innovators in green energy, as defenders of the environment, and as educators of our generation and the next. Gender equality is not just a woman's issue. It's the path to our survival. So it's not too late to invest in climate action by and for women. Not too late to empower women entrepreneurs and decision-makers at home. Not too late to give voice and power to this next generation of Earth's champions. It's not too late to demand commitments to build an equal and enduring future for all. Championing climate action by and for women and girls is the key to saving our planet. Join the fight for gender equality today, so that together we can create a sustainable tomorrow. It's not too late. Today is the second Sunday of the month, and it's customary for us to donate this offering to a nonprofit or group that does excellent work in our community and the world. This Sunday, we will be hearing from Jocelyn Whitfield, who is the CEO of the Center for Creative Life and Learning and the director of the Girls on Fire Mentoring and Leadership Program. She is here to tell us more about the work the Girls on Fire Mentoring and Leadership Program does. Welcome. Well, good morning to you this morning. You all look gorgeous this morning. Uh, it is an honor just to be here today to talk with you about our programs. But more than this, it's ironic that Gail would just call me because I've been in the field, I mean, on the battlefield for women for about 25 years. 
I started one of the first women's issues uh, conferences for the Department of Health and Mental Hygiene of uh, Maryland. I also was on one of the congressional uh, committees at the, uh, at the uh, administrative le level uh, for women's issues, health issues. And ironically, I started one of the uh, women leadership uh, institutes at the church that I belong to. So my life has been given to the cause of women and now it's given to the cause of our girls. We can change the trajectory of minority girls and all girls in this world if we began to really support the activities that we know that will enhance their lives. And so I want to tell you a little bit about our organization so you can understand where I'm coming from. But I'm honored that you've decided to select me and my group for this Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day, mothers, uh, uh, event. And I want to tell you a little bit about us. We started in 2014. I came out of retirement and I traveled all over the United States looking at programs for the poor and the needy and the hungry and for women and children all throughout the United States. So when I, before I retired in 2015, I retired in 2016, I had a real desire to make a difference in the lives of women and children. And I started off with starting, uh, implementing a program in Baltimore City called Women Forever Free for women and children. It was a housing program, um, transitional housing program for women and children. And it was to give them the opportunity to go back to school or to participate in some kind of job training program so they, that their families would become sustainable and be able to operate independently of welfare or any kind of system. And then later on in 2015, I realized after I started the women's program that there was nothing really I could do with the women at a certain stage. I realized that some of them just did not, were so wedded to the welfare system that they could not change and it wasn't beneficial for them because even if they received, even if they started to work, they would not have money to pay for daycare. So I decided that how can I change the trajectory of minority women and the poor? So I started thinking and I said, why not start with the children? So that's how we started in 2015. And we established the Girls on Fire Mentoring Enrichment and leadership development program. We've served over 150 girls throughout this community and 40 in Baltimore City because we had a, set, a site there as well. And those girls have done wonderfully in our program. Some of them are in college. Uh, we have a curricula that we follow in order to empower these girls to be the best they can. Right now we're operating, we operated for years out of the um, uh, Art Center, Columbia Art Center here in Columbia. But uh, this year, uh, through uh, uh, offer from the uh, government, Howard County government, we now have our office and conference rooms. And we're serving about 45 girls here in Howard County. And I'm telling you, this has been a challenging two years for everybody with the pandemic. And virtually, we've had to do a lot of things virtually. And finally, we were able to open up in January. And I'm gonna tell you, we're still working hard to really change these girls' lives and introducing them to a lot of things that they never would have had the opportunity to 
uh, even uh, be introduced to. We're providing education uh, for them as far as the environment is concerned and uh, climate change. And this year, we've just started a new group called the Youth Advocacy Group. And they're gonna be dealing with, they're gonna begin to advocate for their concerns. All of the policies and legislations that have been enacted, whether we realize it or not, they, we will be long gone, but our children will still be here to face the decisions that we made. And so we wanted to start something that would give these girls a voice. And so what we've done is we've developed this youth advocacy group so that they can advocate for their own needs, so they can advocate for health issues, so they can advocate for education, so they can advocate for the environment. It is so important that we develop our girls to be strong advocates and to be self-sufficient and to be able to communicate effectively their concerns and the things that they really feel that needs to be changed. And so I'm thanking you today. I, I don't know much more to say that I've given my life to this cause and I will continue to give my life to this cause. I will ensure you, I can tell you one thing, that every Every bit of funding or the offering that you give us today will be utilized to really build into the lives of these girls, to make sure that they have a future, to make sure that they, can, they have a voice in our society and in our community. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jocelyn. And thank you for the work that you do. While we listen to some more beautiful music, I invite you to be generous with your contributions and the sharing of your abundance. Please use the instructions that will show up on the screen shortly. Um, you can also text CHALICE to 73256 to contribute. If you're here in the sanctuary and would like to drop a check or cash, there is a basket um, by the entrance. Feel free to do that.
that was lovely. Thank you both. We will be watching a short video now from Margaret Lafon, who is sharing some words by Katie Huey Harrison. Everyone can be a nurturer. People who mother the world are part of what makes a mother. They're mentors, foster parents, aunts. They're single dads, grandparents, nannies, and other caregivers. They're people who mother their own parents through sickness or old age. They're stepmothers, given a bad reputation in fairy tales, but who knowingly choose to take on a child as their own, often navigating tricky adult relationships along the way. They're teachers, nurses, aid workers, humanitarians, and everyone else who works to help the people of the world. They all can call themselves mothers if they feel like they are. During worship each week, not only do we give voice to personal joys and sorrows within our community, but we also drop individual stones into a communal bowl of water to represent the ways that each life and each story ripples out and touches, touches us all and is held in our collective embrace. During the music meditation following the prayer, you who are worshiping in the sanctuary are invited to come forward in silence and place stones in honor of your own joys and sorrows.
and one final stone for all that is unspoken and felt in our hearts. Words by Elizabeth Mount for our prayer today, after which you may come up during the music meditation to drop your own stones. From our first breath, we reach out. Co-regulation, not self-regulation, is in our nature. We find our cues from the sun and the moon, from each parent and caregiver, we find our place in this great turning planet by turning to one another, generation to generation. We awaken to the dawn and fall asleep at the evening's end. Our life's journey is part of something greater, something simple, something divine. A flame cannot be lit without a spark. A life cannot begin without the air and we cannot begin to find ourselves without love. May we reach out to one another. May we offer love and nurturing care. May we join together in celebration of the interdependence of our lives. I invite you now into a few moments of silent prayer and reflection. Amen and blessed be.
Good morning. I'm uh, Trish Steinhuber, and I want to wish all the mothers and grandmothers and motherers in the world a uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I want to share with you today a beautiful piece by Marge Piercy. It's called To Be of Use. The people I love the best jump into work headfirst without dallying in the shadows and swim off with sure strokes almost out of sight. They seem to become natives of that element, the black, sleek heads of seals bouncing like half-submerged balls. I love people who harness themselves, an ox to a cart, who pull like water buffaloes with massive patience, who strain in the mud and the muck to move forward, who do what has to be done again and again. I want to be with people who submerge in the task, who go into the fields to harvest and work in a row and pass the bag along, who are not parlor generals or field deserters, but who move in a common rhythm when the food must come in or the fire must be put out. The work of the world is common as mud, botched, pit smears the hands and crumbles to dust. But the thing worth doing well has a shape that satisfies, clean and evident. Greek amphoras for wine or oil, Hopi vases that held the corn, they're put in museums. But you know they were made to be used. The pitcher cries for water and a person for work that is real. And now will you please rise as you are willing and able for the benediction response.
Ninga Ishechike Nepe Monche Ninga Ishechike Nepe Monche This is the same water that was here when dinosaurs were here. There is no new water. This is the only water we will ever know. This is the same water that my great ancestors drank from and harvested our wild rice upon. Water is sacred. Water is sacred because without water, there is no life. You cannot drink oil. On this land in which we belong, from the Canadian tar sand, one million barrels of oil in the day to come through these sacred lands. On this land to which we belong, with oil. Bigger than crew, four thousand workers coming our way. Got them pandemic pipeline blues. This moment is that moment where we face that oil. This is the moment where we face line three and say, No, you will not take our wire. On this land in which we belong, with pipelines that corrode. When they break. It'll be too late, it'll kill this river road On this land where we belong Don't let that pipeline through No more drill cats on native land No more pipeline blues No more, no more, more drill cats on public land No more pipeline blues No more, no more, more drill cats on story fed by generations. You carry songs of grief, triumph, thankfulness, and joy. Feel their power as they ascend within you. As you walk, run swiftly, even flying to infinite possibility. Let go that which burdens you. Let go any acts of unkindness or brutality. Let go that which has burdened your family, your community, your nation, or disturbed your soul. Let go one breath into another. Pray thankfulness for this earth we are, for this becoming we are, for this sunlight touching skin we are, for the cooling waters we are. 
Listen now as Earth sheds her skin. Listen as the generations move one against the other to make power. We are bringing in a new story. We will be accompanied by ancient and new songs and we'll celebrate together. Nepe, gizake iku, gimi gwechewenemiku, gizewenemiku. Nepe, gizake iku, gimi gwechewenemiku, gizewenemiku. You're not golden, and I'm getting tired Act like you own the place, when really you've only just arrived I caught first glimmers and hides and skins Look who's all grown up, black swanning about the solar winds You're gonna lose it all and find yourself on your knees So get a grip and you might flow, reverse the great slow bleed I've tried patience but you always want to war This house won't tolerate anymore Stop this right away Shoulder folded arms and looking up You've never listened to carry on careless Regardless, this is not a fire drill And if we hold any hope It's harmonic connection In stereo symbiosis These Legoland empires Choking out my Now you're everywhere, everywhere Multiplying around me Child A strain on my heart This rock can't tolerate anymore Stop this right away Give back. 